Y'all ready? Let's pray for our area. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for Guernsey County. We thank you for Noble County. We thank you for Muskegon County. We thank you for Licking County. We thank you that you are pouring your blessing out over this area. There is a giant bullseye for your glory in this place right now. And we thank you, Father, that you're getting ready to do something that everyone in this area will hear the name of Jesus. They'll know the works of Jesus. They'll feel the love of Jesus. And I thank you that you're filling every town around here with your glory. And I thank you for an outpouring of revival. I thank you that every church in our area is filled. I thank you that every believer is thrilled. I thank you that every home is just overflowing with blessing. We thank you for businesses that are coming. We thank you for corporations and manufacturing. We thank you for a super abundance that is coming to this area in Jesus' name because we will declare greater is he than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are pushing Christmas really fast. Man, can you believe this year's about out? This has been a fast one. It's been a wild one. Um, and I am so, so glad uh, that we've got another year behind us. And uh, you say, well, why are you glad it's behind us? Because that means we got more to look forward to. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to start a, a new series uh, today and it's going to take us up until um, Christmas Day. Now, let me remind you, we are going to have service Christmas Day. Let me also say, there is no pressure on you. I know some of you're not used to hearing a pastor say that. Trust me, I want you here, but I understand that you have families. I understand that you have things going in. Some of you's probably got plenty of family that's coming in. And that's okay. <laughs> Bring them with you. <laughs> Says the man with seven children. <laughs> uh, so bring them with you. Uh, we, we thought we was going to get a scare uh, a week or so back. Denise Rainier was trying to get her whole family to come, and that would take up about 35 of them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, bring them with you. Come and, and be a part. Uh, it, it'll be a, a different service, but I will be ministering straight from this series. Uh, so we'll be here on uh, Christmas Day. So I just wanted to say that. Every time we get into this season, people's mindset starts to change. Okay? They start thinking, oh, well, everybody gets happy, and everybody starts watching Hallmark movies. And, and how many of you here watch Hallmark Christmas movies? You all know they're the same movie, right? Okay. I just wanted to make sure you knew that was the same movie. A, a few different faces. I think they, have, they only have four actors for that whole, uh, that whole channel. But what we do is we get in here, and, and I hear this all the time because we watch Miracle on 34th Street, and we watch the Hallmark things, we watch all this other stuff, and, and I hear people all the time, Deb, say it's such a magical time of year. It's so magical, you know, the lights and, and all this stuff. And, and, and all of a sudden, people who uh, aren't willing to believe, they're willing to believe in something during this time of year. They just don't know what it is. Now, please, we understand that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. All right? 
Nobody's saying that. Well, it was beginning. I don't care what you think you know. You know what I know? We've decided to celebrate Jesus on this day. I don't care what everybody else has done. I don't care what they did with it in ancient days. I don't care. What we've decided is that this is our day, that we celebrate. When was he born? I, I don't know. Probably in the spring. And, you know, we do all this stuff. And, and folks, I'm not here to tear down any traditions or, or, or hurt your family celebration. We got kids in here today. Okay, I'll, I'll try to really watch what I say. I have crushed people before. Look back and they're like, Mommy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I want to go into something that, that as we look at this, listen, I know you've heard every Christmas message known to man. You've heard it from Mary's perspective. You've heard it from Joseph's perspective. You've heard it from the wise men's perspective. You've heard it from the shepherd's perspective. If you've went to one of those real creative churches, you probably heard it from a, a, the animal's perspective. <laughs> you know, river's perspective. <laughs> um, the angels, you know. And, and we've heard this from every way, but I'm going to look at it today a little bit different. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look at a supernatural Christmas. Christmas is not magical, it's supernatural. And there are things that happen during this Christmas that we need to know that still can happen for us today. I will tell you, next week, on the 18th, we're going to be looking at the dreams of Christmas. How God prophetically spoke to people through dreams. And how God wants to prophetically speak to you. Through your dreams. But today I want to look at how did heaven see this Christmas? How did heaven look at the birth of Jesus? So we want to look at it today as from a, a view of heaven. See, heaven didn't see it the same way you and I did. It didn't, it didn't see, let me tell you something. The enemy and, and, and all of Satan's realm did not see the birth of Jesus the way we see it. And so if we really want to know how heaven saw this, then we have to start with the greatest chapter of the Christmas story ever. Go to Revelation. Wait a minute. Revelation? Well, see, why would we start in Revelations? Because in Revelation, you've got to understand what Revelation... Yeah, but Revelation, isn't it about that beast and that Antichrist? And, and No, it's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. We've been trained to look for the enemy when God was trying to show us Jesus. We've been trained to look for devils when he was trying to show us Jesus. We've been trained to say, okay, watch out for this, watch out for that. Oh, this is coming. And we've done it. We've put up our political maps and we've, oh, this and this and this. And oh, we got to go over here and go see, see this and this and this. It's all lining up. It's all, you're missing the point. The point is never about the end. The point is about Jesus. I'll prove it right here. And this is the unveiling of Christ. If you're reading King James Version, it says, and this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This whole book is about revealing God. It's about revealing, well, I want to know about the end times. You want to know about the end times? It's still God. 
standing at the end still victorious and be standing right beside of him. Quit looking for something bad. <laughs> well, don't you believe? I believe I serve a big God. And this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to share with his loving servants what must occur swiftly. He signified it by sending his angel and loving servant Jesus. He said in verse 2, he said, And I, John, bore witness to the word of God. Who is the word of God? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That's St. John. John knew who he was looking for. Quit looking at Revelation as a sign to the end. It's a sign to Jesus. Uh, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So what's he getting ready to write here? Throughout this whole book, he's getting ready to write the testimony of Jesus. <laughs> a joyous blessing rests upon the one who reads this message. How many of you ever read Revelation and got a joyous blessing? We don't think of it that way. That's because we've been taught to look at it wrong. We've been taught to look at this as the end and a scary thing and I can't wait and, and I, oh, oh, and this happens and maybe it's happening now and look what's going on over there. Maybe it's happening now. And see, this is that a joyous blessing? He said the one who reads this message receives a joyous blessing. He has never been about gloom and doom. I'll say it again. He has never been about gloom and doom. It's called good news for a reason. Ah, I know this will hurt your eschatology. What's eschatology? Right. It's a joyous blessing upon the one who reads this message and upon the one, those who hear and embrace the words of this prophecy. For this, for the appointed time is in your hands. Revelation is first and foremost an unveiling of Jesus Christ and his true nature. Anything other than that well, I'm just, I'm worried that this is going to happen. I'm worried about that's going to happen. You need to quit worrying. If it's bringing you worry, that is not a good blessing. Amen? Amen. And so, jump over to Revelation. Now we, we've settled that, that everything in Revelation is about Jesus. Okay. I see, I know you, can, you, hear, you hear breaks, Deb. Because we want to know about the bad. Sorry, I don't have bad news for you. <laughs> My God wins. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Sorry. You come to the wrong house. Right, Sally? Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun the moon and, the, uh, and under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, who is this woman? This woman is Israel. It's the nation of Israel. How do you know? Remember back way back in Genesis when Joseph had a dream 
And he told his brothers, he said, I saw the sun and the moon bow to my star and 12 stars bow to my... See, what is he doing? He's introducing the nation of Israel. Mm. And so he says here, and he saw Israel. Oh, she was that great woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a head... And, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child and cried out in labor and was about and in labor and in pain to give birth. And there was another sign in heaven, and there was a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. Now who was that? Satan preparing to capture the, the son as, it's given, as, it's, as he's given birth. So, <laughs> and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as he was born. And she gave birth to a male child. Now, folks, in this little set of scriptures right here, you see the birth and the ascension of Jesus in the same verse. So the enemy comes to this woman who is Israel, so you got to realize it's not talking about a woman, talking about the nation of Israel, to capture Jesus as he comes forth. And she gives birth, produces a male child. And as she produces this male child, it says she gave birth to a male child who was to rule all nations with an iron scepter. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Right there we see the birth and the ascension of Jesus in the same verse. If you're going to understand the book of Revelations, it talks about present, past, and future sometimes within one verse. All right? So the woman's the nation of Israel, and she's, she's crowned. The, 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 the book of Revelation is full of imagery about Jesus. He's described so many different ways. White hair, black hair, eyes of fire, feet of brass, a lion, a lamb, uh, a conquering king. Uh, uh, he's described as so many things. But I want you to look at verse uh, 5 again. He says, and she gave birth to a male child who was to rule. You know what that word rule means? It doesn't mean that he's standing going... That word rule there actually means to shepherd. It means to shepherd. What, what, what in the Gospels it calls him the, the good shepherd. He says, and he was to shepherd how many folks? Wait a minute, what? He was given birth so that he could shepherd everyone. We know he was given birth to and, and, and chose Israel. There had to be somebody chosen to produce this child. God chose Israel, the nation of Israel, to produce this child. But the purpose of this child was to be produced was to rule all nations. So his kingdom exceeds far greater than just the nation of Israel. It's, it's going to cover the entire Nation. Now go to verse 12. 
Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. I'll skip ahead of that. Rejoice, you, what? Heavens and all that is in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, and here's what I want you to catch, because he knows he has a short time. See, heaven saw the birth of Jesus totally different than what we saw. The enemy saw the birth of Jesus totally different than the way we saw it, because we've been trained to see baby in the manger, and, and, and in our teachings, we, we think there was three or four shepherds. We're going to get into this a little over the next few weeks. Do you realize Bethlehem and that area was a farming area? It was a sheep herding area. There were hundreds. And we got this idea that there's just three or four angels appeared. The word says that there is a multitude. In other words, it filled the sky. Heaven actually unzipped itself and revealed itself and all of creation for a moment saw between the veil and they saw all of heaven and they began to declare the coming of a king. Heaven saw a king. It didn't see a manger. It didn't see a baby. We've got this idea that there were three wise men because somebody wrote a, a pretty little song. There wasn't three wise men. We've looked at this a couple years ago. There were so many men following that star. When they came into town, it scared the leader of that town because three men could sneak in and out real easy. They came to worship the king. But in Satan's mind, if you read all of that of, of, of Revelation 12, it's about the overthrow of Satan. All right? So in Satan's mind, what he saw that day in a manger was not a baby. And the reason why he stood in front of Israel and tried to destroy Israel for so many years because he, he already knew the promise. He knew the promise from the beginning. Mm. Because he saw this birth as a declaration of war. This was a declaration of war to him. It wasn't just, oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. No, what he heard was a trumpet. What he heard was a declaration. What he were heard was that verse repeated. He knows now his time is short. He knows he has but a little while. <laughs> Satan saw something totally different. Eugene Peterson, the man who wrote the message, he, in, in, in a book called Reversed Thunder, says this. He says, Jesus' birth excites more than wonder. It excites evil. The birth of Jesus does more than excites wonder, it excites evil because he knew that at that point we think of this tranquil, quiet, 
crying baby wrapped in dirty rags, but what he saw was an iron scepter and a throne that says your time has come to an end because no more will you run roughshod over my people. No more will you continue to keep my people slaves. I have come that all men would be set free and that they would be free indeed. He saw this birth totally different. Our songs say, no crying he makes. <laughs> but in the unseen realm of the spirit, all hell broke loose. Because he knew he missed his chance. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The birth of Jesus was God's launch of an assault to destroy the enemy. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, Whoever practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, for what purpose was Jesus born? For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why was he born? Not just to make sure we got out of hell. He was born so that the very works that the enemy uses on you, he would take and destroy them. He, for, this pur for this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy, put to no effect the works of the enemy. You see, what the devil saw well, that day when Jesus was born, he saw that the things that he has used for centuries and centuries and centuries, that if God's people would somehow grasp what it really meant, that his work, everything he's tried against them, would end right there. Yeah. Woo. Away in a manger, a weapon was born. <laughs> Away in a manger, a weapon was born. What did he do? He destroyed the enemy and set man free. No more in bondage are we. We are free in the sun and we are free indeed. We see a babe wrapped in dirty rags lying in a feeding trough. He saw a mighty warrior. He saw the king. He heard a trumpet. He knew that that trumpet said, no more will you be allowed to impose your will on my people. No more will you be allowed to put sickness on them. No more will you be allowed to put disease. No more will they have to go broke. No more will they have to go hungry. He knew his defeat was imminent. And he, see, he knew that it was in your hands. See, you've got the weapon. We sing about it all day. The name of Jesus, the King, the risen one. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. For this purpose was the Son of God revealed, that he might destroy the works. Folks, you need to realize when he was revealed that day, whatever day that was, <laughs> when he was revealed, the works of the enemy were destroyed. Well, how can you say that? Because that's why he was here. That was his purpose Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, So then as children share in flesh and blood, he likewise took part in these. 
So God came down and became flesh and blood. God came down, wrapped himself in a body. That body was named Jesus. Well, we know it re- that wasn't really his name either, right? You do know that. Okay. Uh, wrapped him in that body. Why? So that the works of the enemy are now completely destroyed. He said, and likewise, he took part in these. Why did he take part in flesh and blood? So that flesh and blood would know what they could do. He became man to show man what man was capable of. See, we we like to think, well, that was Jesus. No, he became flesh and blood, laid down that glory so that he could be a man filled with the Holy Ghost and do the works of man and then pay the penalty that no man could ever pay for himself. That through death, he might destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. So the purpose of Jesus' birth (laughs) was to destroy the works of the enemy. And then through his own death, he would end up putting to death or making no effect the enemy himself. Why do we run around here worried about the devil? Don't say that devil will get you. I think we we should be ashamed of ourselves. Yeah, but I'm just struggling so bad. The devil's just really putting up a fight with me. But why? You don't have to put up a fight with him. You don't have to worry about him at all. He's destroyed. He's already been put to death. <laughs> His works have already been destroyed. Why? When he was revealed in a manger in Bethlehem, the enemy already saw his end. He knew what this was. He says that he might destroy or put the the, might destroy the power of him who has the power of death, and that is the devil. And look what else verse 15 says. And deliver those who through fear of death were throughout their lives subject to bondage. Folks, that deliverance has already came. You're, you're, you're who the sun sets free, so why don't we act like free folks? We still act like he's got some kind of weird hold over us. We still act like he's got some kind of handle on us. Well, you just, that word destroy in, in verse 14, that word destroy means to render idle. To make unemployed. <laughs> what, did the, what did the enemy see that day in a manger? He saw his unemployment line. Uh, he knew his day had come. It means to render idle, unemployed, to be inactive, to make inoperative. This is what the enemy is now. Why? Because of Jesus. He saw it at his birth. It was fulfilled at his, at his crucifixion and declared complete at his resurrection. Now he is, his works don't work if we don't want them to work. He has been destroyed out of our life. Mm. Destroy means to cause a person or a thing to have no further 
efficiency. He is inefficient at his work. We, uh, the only reason he's got a job is because we keep giving him one. <laughs> the only reason he's got a job, Denise, is because we keep giving him one. Because he's already received his unemployment. It's already been, not, he knows his time is short. Oh my goodness, folks. It means to deprive of force, influence, and power. For this reason, he was destroyed him. He was deprived of his influence. Mary gave birth to a baby. Heaven gave birth to a warrior. Mary gave birth to a baby. The enemy saw the birth of a king. See, the, the whole spiritual realm did not see this birth the way we see it. They didn't have these tiny little, funny little Christmas songs. What they heard was a warrior cry. Can you imagine the first breath out of that baby's mouth? When everyone else around heard this little tiny squeak, but... Just beyond that veil that was opened where the shepherds saw, they heard the shout of the king. Isn't that what Perry sang today? The shout of the king is among us. That's what, <laughs> now you figured out your praise set, right? <laughs> they, they heard a shout. The enemy saw his defeat. He knew that he couldn't stop it. And so now he knows his works no longer have effect if these people won't give him one. But how did heaven see it? Heaven saw the birth of Jesus brought the world's rightful ruler to the earth. See, he gave it to man. Back in the garden, he said, here, all of this is yours. This is your kingdom. Rule it, reign it, have dominion over it, have authority over it. And man, as we've been looking at for the last, for last Wednesday Sunday and Wednesday night, man fell from his position in the kingdom. Well, let's rephrase that. Man gave up his position in the kingdom. Why do you think that Satan stood in front of Israel to destroy the baby? Because he got to step over into that position. But now the baby's born. Now he's unemployed. Now he has no longer has a force. Now he no longer has influence. Now, Well, then why do I fight him so bad? You tell me. You don't have to. Some of you need to grab a hold of some things in your life and start declaring that these things are done. These things the over. The enemy no longer. That Jesus put the rightful ruler back into place over the earth. He set man back where man's supposed to have been all along. Psalm 24. Psalm 24 verse 7. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. And if you're using your uh, phones or whatever these, all of this is on the version app, you can go and save it and study it later he said so wake up you living gates 
you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. He's talking about you. <laughs> you doorways of eternity, welcome the King of glory. For he is about to come through for you. <laughs> he says, you ask, who is this King of glory? Yahweh. Armed and ready for battle, Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gates, gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide your eternal doors. Here he comes, the king of glory, ready to come in. This is what Christmas was all about. The king of glory is ready to come in. This is why he was born. He wasn't born just to make sure that we are safe from sin. He wasn't born just to make sure that we don't go to heaven. He was born, uh, we don't go to hell. He was born so that he could completely annihilate the enemy, annihilate the enemy's work. And it says, raise your hands and open up, swing wide the gates, because he is ready to come through for you. He is here, he has been born, the enemy no longer has effect. You have been set free because who the Son set free. Freedom. So wake up, you living gates, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The King of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is this King of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, invincible commander of heaven's host. Yes, the King of glory, Salah. Think about it. Pause in his presence. Here's the thing. Here's your quick study. Everybody here, you got homework this week, okay? Read Psalms 22. Psalms 22 talks about Jesus as a lamb. Psalms 23 talks about him as a shepherd. Psalms 24 talks about him as king. <laughs> he was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. He is a shepherd who rules. He reigns over all things. He shepherds all nations. And he is the king that was here and the king that is sure to return. This is what a manger brought us. This is what that night brought us. You saw a baby. Heaven saw a king. And he is willing to make sure that the enemy is destroyed for you. I like Christmas. Jesus became a man so he could restore man back to the lost dominion and power that he gave away. And when he made the works of the enemy useless, he set mankind in control of the earth again. This is just a continuation of Wednesday. He set man in control again. He took the power away from the enemy. Romans chapter 16. Mm. Christmas. I hope you don't ever look at it again the same. I hope you don't look at it as magical. It's not magical, it's supernatural. Romans 16 verse 20. And the God of peace will soon... Crush 
Satan, where at? Under whose? Not his feet, not somebody else's feet. He will use your foot to put your foot on the head of the enemy and to crush the enemy. He will soon crush Satan under your feet. That everything the enemy has brought to you, you can trample on. You can walk on. He has no hold on you. He has no authority on you. The birth of a warrior, the birth of a weapon said that you are free. Ah, Romans chapter 5. The rightful ruler. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Finish verse 20. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. We're almost at the end of this one. Death once. Everybody say once. That means it doesn't anymore. Once upon a time. Death once held us in its grip. Well, I'm afraid to die. Why? I'm afraid. Why? It's a transition. Pastor Ted and I have talked about this a lot. I have absolutely no fear of death. None. People say, well, don't you ever think about it? Never. I'd ever think about dying. Why? Because it's not a threat to me. It's not a fear of mine. Why? Because I used to be held captive by its grip, but now... Now there was a warrior born in a manger who took this enemy of, the, of, of, of this tool of Satan and crushed it under my feet. Death is the last enemy that I'll win battle over. He won't win the battle for me. He already did his part. I'll win the battle. And when I don't open my eyes here anymore, I know that I've, I've, I've done the last bit of battle I'll ever have to do and I won. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder, I love how the passion puts this, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, everybody say, but now. <laughs> how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? What are you supposed to be doing? Reigning as kings. You're probably going to use that Wednesday, wouldn't you? Right? <laughs> We're supposed to be reigning as kings. He didn't come and, and do all the destruction of the work of the enemy. He didn't unemploy the devil so that we can just still run out here and say, would you please put me in those chains again? Now listen. Anybody in here watch Doctor Who? Great. I'm the only one. My wife and my son. Great. All right. Marcy's with me. There's this little character in Doctor Who. They're from another planet, of course, you know, sci-fi. They love to be subjugated. They live to be servants. They, they, they make brags of how, how readily they allow other planets or other armies just to take them over. They want to be, be subjugated. They want, that's not me. 
I, I don't want to be subjugated by nothing, and I'm not going to be subjugated by death either. I'm not going to walk around afraid of it. I'm not going to walk around held on to it, being in chains from it. I am not that. I am held in the grip of grace, and I will continue to reign in life. This is where God wants you, reigning not when you get, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. I'm not, Perry, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm not going to wait to heaven to have a good time. I'm not going to wait to rejoice. Sally, I'm going to do it right now. Why? Because the enemy has no hold on me. He's been crushed under my feet. His weapons no longer work. His tools no longer work. I'm not going to wait till I get over there. It's time right now. It's time for you to know who you are. It's time for you to know who you are. Oh, my. Reigning in, as kings in life. Look what else he says. Enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah, the baby born in a manger, the one where his mom and dad heard him cry and the angels heard him shout. The shepherds heard him cry and the enemy heard the trumpet. Oh, what a Savior we serve. What a God we have in us. What a partition he has made in us to be partakers. First Peter, I think it is. He says, and he has made you to be partakers of the divine nature. You are a partaker of the divine nature of God. So who am I really? Revelation chapter 1. No, I don't want to go. Yeah, let's go there. Revelation 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead. He had to die too. Death just gives us birth. The firstborn from among the dead. Death is just birth. It's into a whole new realm. From among the dead, the ruling king who rules over the kings of the earth. Mm. Now to the one who constantly loves us and has loosed us from our sins... By his own blood. So who is he? He is the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, the ruling king who reigns over the kings of the earth. So what's that got to do with me? Nothing if you stop there. But if you read verse 6, he says, <laughs> he says, and to the one who has appointed us, everybody say us, as a kingdom. He has appointed us as a kingdom. We're not 
just a bunch of believers, we're a kingdom. He has set you aside and set you up as a kingdom of priests. If you're reading King James Version, he says, and he has made us kings and priests. Wait a minute. He said he's the king of the kings of the earth. So who's the kings of the earth then? Well, men rise up and act like a king. Quit letting an enemy that is already defeated, that has already been unemployed, tell you what you got to do. You are a kingdom of priests. You are a kingdom of priests. You rule and you declare and you decree and the earth must listen. <laughs> he has made us kings and priests. The passion says he has made us a kingdom of priests. Herod was looking for a king. The wise men sought a king. Heaven knew the king. And the king made a whole family of kings just to rule and reign in this earth. Go to Revelation chapter 5. I hope that's on here. I don't know if I put it. Yep. Verse 10. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. And have made us kings. You mean when it says he's the king of kings? He wasn't talking about natural people. He wasn't talking about presidents and, and kings of nations. He's talking about you. <laughs> He is the king of kings. Why? Because he made us kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign. You mean you're part of that kingdom now? Yep. Well, I, I just can't believe that. You got to read the scriptures. And sometimes we miss all of this because we see a baby in a manger. But from the spiritual perspective, from the spirit realm, there was a whole lot more going on. There was a mass weapon released on hell itself. Well, how do you know? Because the word tells us that they put Jesus in a tomb. And for three days, he went into hell itself. He preached himself and he led Captivity captive. He brought them all out with him. <laughs> Even hell is not Satan's dominion. <laughs> it's already been ransacked. It's already been overtaken. It's already he lost the keys to his house. He don't hold the keys to it anymore. We're so worried about it. You need to remember, you know the one that holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And we have chosen this time of year to celebrate him for who he is. That even hell is his dominion. Oh! Away in a manger. It makes you nervous when we think about stuff like this. This could be considered sacrilege. 
Heresy. But it's here, you see. It's the word. Now, you want to hear a continuation of this? Come out Wednesday night as we continue to talk about citizens of the kingdom. And next week, we're going to talk about the prophetic dreams and how God wants to speak to you through dreams because this Christmas season was all about dreams. There were so many dreams. Y'all ready? Stand on your feet.